For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 706 on CJD. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur, presented by FL Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL's Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And this evening on the program, we're going to talk virtual reality. Absolutely. We've got a, a great story tonight with uh, with Merchler and a couple of guys in studio, Owen and, and Rick, and uh, very interesting stuff. Yeah, very interesting uh, field of work, too, and uh, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Uh, but first, uh, let's uh, talk about some entrepreneurial news of the week, and uh, tell me about Trancool. Uh, so this basically is, a, is I guess, a, a service that lets Canadians talk online very easily with mental health professionals. You know, we, we, we've all seen the, the depression commercials on TV. Uh, we all know that uh, it's, you know, employees that very much in health and wellness, and it's not just physical, there's definitely a mental side to it. So Tranquil, uh, T-R-A-N-Q-O-O-L, uh, they're basically looking or they developed an online therapist, <laughs> if you will. So you can actually go online uh, and off hours, it's basically a 24-7 um, access uh, you, to go on and set up your, your appointments. And if you need to talk with some therapist or for whatever reason, then that's out there. And they, you know, with, with whatever depression and, and maybe sometimes it's worse in the winter as we experience these minus 40 days. Uh, but, but certainly, a, and I know from our standpoint, even at Fuller, there's, there's always these EAP programs, these employee assistance programs and to virtualize it, to automate it, to bring it online is certainly a great help and, and really easy. They, they, you know, they, of course you have to, you have to validate the therapist, right? It can't just be any schmo that's going to, that's going to come on. So, so they've gotten, they've gotten a great thing. They, they validate the therapist. They come on, you can book 45 minutes. It's about 60 bucks, but most importantly for entrepreneurs that are trying to help their, their employees stay, you know, mentally healthy, uh, offering this service can absolutely be a great asset to help, uh, retain people. Speaking of uh, remaining uh, balanced, sometimes a company is required to turn down clients for the sake of its own sanity. Uh, in what conditions? Uh, this is a pretty interesting story uh, uh, this week uh, from the Globe and Mail. And what conditions is it okay to say no to a client? Well, I think you really have to analyze. You know, and and you know, we you know we've asked a lot of entrepreneurs over the years, Dan. You know, have you ever said no to a customer? And a lot of them have absolutely. Most of them have pretty much said yes, but a lot of them said no probably at the earlier stages as they were a little hungrier for work. The question becomes when you're analyzing the numbers, when you're analyzing the return, when you're saying, well, the revenues that are coming in, what am I really making? You know, uh, I think the article was referring to a, a freight forward or logistics company. And basically they, they were deciding, you know what, we can't compete with the overnight because it's too costly for us. We would get the business because we were able to, to drive that top line but we couldn't compete with the FedExes of the world that their overnight cargo and delivery service is absolutely super, super cheap and they make a lot of money. So they concentrate, said, you know what? We're looking at our top line, we're looking at our revenues and we see that segment of the market where we're at best breaking even. Great, it gives us a lot of top line, but if it doesn't contribute to the bottom line, then is it really is it really worth it? So I think it's a question of analyzing where your revenue dollars are coming from and seeing is it worth it to keep this customer or to stay in that business segment, or are we just churning four dollars, four quarters for a dollar at best? And in some cases, uh, depreciation of equipment could be an issue, like in trucking. Like in truck, yeah. I mean, again, you know, 
each each different business will have its own set of, of financial criteria and some non-financial criteria as well. Uh, I mean, I, I remember going through having some customers that were a little abusive to to us and our and our team. And I got to tell you, it's just not worth it. So you you make your decisions, uh, mostly financial, but sometimes from you know a, a respect level uh, as well. Uh, this is a pretty interesting story, and I'm a big believer in this. Uh, employees as brand ambassadors. It's great these days when people are uh, proud of their work. And as a, as a PR guy, I love to see employees of my clients saying how fun it is to work at that place. There is nobody better than your own team to give yourselves a shout out. Uh, you know, and and we see it all the time. And certainly, and I'm sure we'll hear it from Merchler as as they recount us at their story, and certainly at FL Fuller Landau. But you you know, in this article, they were talking about you know the retailers of the world, the Aritzias that you know that are promoting their clothing, and all the employees you know on their Facebook, they're they're saying you know here's a great outfit I put on, and and Aritzia themselves they give a shout out to their employees, and it can absolutely be infectious. But if you have a a great team that believes in your product and is so passionate about it that they can push to their network. Uh, I think it's phenomenal. You get you get no better response than the people that are under the same roof, working side by side with you every day. New mortgage rules going into effect uh, today. Today, that's right. Uh, this is uh, you know it used to be you have to put a minimum of five percent down. Now, if it's over half a million bucks, you got to put in ten uh, percent at least the difference. You know, I, I think the government is just is really forcing Canadians just to to save and spend a little bit better. Should they be dictating how we do that? Well, that's that could be a whole other debate and question. Uh, but the reality is, and certainly from you know as we see. Uh, you know, entrepreneurs, and as we see people investing in their homes, uh, if you if you can reduce your debt load, if you can save enough and put down a little bit more money, uh, you know, up front and reduce your debt load, it certainly leaves a lot of room, or more room, anyways, for other important items. And I'm just talk, not just talking, you know, putting food on the table, but the reality is also, uh, you know, if you're paying less interest, if you're paying those 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 monthly amounts that are a little bit less, well, maybe you have a little bit more to kick into the economy. Maybe you have a little bit more to go out and spend at restaurants. Maybe you have a, a little bit more in in your business, ultimately, to, to go out and, and get, you know, digital marketing services. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, talking about uh, new emerging industries, there was a pretty interesting piece that we didn't get to last week, um, and we can spend a couple minutes on it now, from uh, Inc.com, the best industries for starting a business in 2016. And uh, there's eight of them that they focus on, and one of them yeah. is actually virtual reality, uh, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, so quickly, the, the, the other seven, drone manufacturing, mm-hmm. biometric scanning software, fraud detection software, artificial intelligence, corporate wellness, sustainable building materials, and food analysis and tech. So definitely a lot of tech in there. I mean, well over half the, the, the industries that they uh, they pick as fast as growing. So obviously that's uh, that's one sign that we need, all need to sort of get on board uh, with new technology. Well, I, th- there's no question. tech, But tech touches really every aspect. I mean, even here when, you know, they're listing corporate wellness, well, we were talking about Tranquil. That's tech, but it's just using technology to achieve that goal of, of corporate wellness, of, of, of health and wellness. So I think tech will play a role in 
every business. The question is to what extent and where's the driver? If you're talking virtual reality, if you're talking drones uh, that we all love, you know, we all hear about and see and, and kind of love to play with from time to time, then uh, there's no question that tech is at the forefront of it. And as so many people have said, and and, and I'm just going to repeat now, the the advancements that we made in the last hundred years will be eclipsed by the advancements we will probably make in the next 10 years. Uh, and I think this is, this is just people understanding that where the technology is today, where the capabilities are today, and getting on that, well, I don't want to say bandwagon, but trying to be at the forefront uh, for these items. Uh, you know, we, we talk, you know, every week, Dan, about, you know, what's, what should entrepreneurs keep doing? And they really, they got to keep reinventing themselves. They got to keep, you know, their, their, uh, their nose to the grindstone and, and really understand what is happening out there in the world where they can bring a product or service that they can take advantage of, that they can be a leader in the market. And to do that, you really got to stay on top of what's coming and what's next and what's hot. And these items, uh, and as you say, they're, they're, and they're worth re-mentioning because you know they're they're not saturated yet. There's plenty of plenty of room out there. Uh, so certainly in the drone manufacturing, the virtual reality, artificial intelligence, food food analytics and tech. I mean, food is a huge business, and to bring tech to it and and just to kind of analyze it better. And, I mean, that's that's it will always be there. Uh, and then certainly biometric scanning, you know, as as the connectivity that we spoke about last week and people people staying uh, in touch with each other, that's huge. Fraud detection, well, we, you know, got to try and avoid that. Health, you know, corporate wellness that we spoke about, sustainable building materials. So it's economic, it's, it's, uh, it's tech, and uh, this is what's happening today. And one of those is virtual reality, and we'll talk a lot about that on the program tonight. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 719 on today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar and FL Fuller Landau's Josh Miller with you. And this evening, we're talking virtual reality. Uh, Owen Jones and Rick Pupata are here from Merchler Digital Agency. Owen and Rick, welcome to CJD. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So first question is the easiest. Uh, tell us about uh, about Merchler, what you guys do for a living. <clears throat> so Merchler is a well, full-service digital agency, um, and our prime focus is in augmented reality, virtual reality, and 360 video. Now, can you describe a little bit more for the listener what exactly that means, full digital agency? And I mean, is it just video? Is it, It's online? I mean, what exactly is it? Sure, sure. I'll actually let uh, Ricardo uh, <laughs> tell that. Well, I mean, the thing is, the the company really started. The DNA of the company was focused on augmented reality, which for most people, um, they might have seen some some examples related to a target image and then something popping up on their phone. Um, and the the company evolved from focusing on that tech um, to really being able to provide all kinds of service. So, uh, app development, website development. When we talk about VR and three hundred and sixty. Uh, many ways are inter interchangeable. 360 just means that it's a it's a live, real video of something, 360 shot. While VR really is something that is rendered that doesn't exist. So you imagine you want to build your your new home. Um, it doesn't exist. We if we went, were go to their shoot, it would be VR. If it existed, then it would be 360, and that's the distinction. Amazing, and and I know Rick, you joined the company more recently. So, Alwyn, if I, I kind of look to you first, and and maybe you can tell us like what your background was. What were you doing before this came <clears> along? Did it did it have anything to do with it? And and why did you get into this? No, absolutely nothing. Actually, I studied political science at Concordia University, and then I went into the music industry. 
And on my fifth album, this was in 2009, um, you know, I was getting a lot of pressure from, from my bosses over at, uh, at Universal. And, you know, they were like, listen, we need to do this amazing, we need to do a really big marketing stunt for this, for this artist, for this album. And it was a lot of pressure because, I don't know if you guys remember, but around 2009, 2010, um, city sales really started dropping. Mm-hmm. You know, and people were really, really nervous. And so I'm producing this album and I'm thinking to myself, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to do? Nah, nah, nah. And I just happened to have a friend who was coming back from Japan. And she's like, oh, you got to check out this, this technology. It's, it's amazing. I'm like, what is it? Augmented reality. So I go, I check it out on YouTube. And it was just like, it was something phenomenal. It was like the, I, I can't even describe it. It was how, how amazing it was. And um, I had studied computer science in Sejep. So, I, you know, I was, I was aware. And... Um, I thought to myself, you know, this would be pretty amazing for mobile. And so uh, at that time with my team, we created the world's first augmented reality app for an artist. So you would scan the CD and then there was an experience that would come out. Now you could go and you could take the music all you wanted to, but in order to really have the full experience from that artist, you had to buy the piece of plastic, right? The CD. So we went on to sell thousands of records. That was really great. But you know, I knew that this was not sustainable. You, we, you know what I mean? Like, uh, CD sales were plummeting. So, you know, I said to myself, okay, you know, I need to do, I need to make some sort of digital agency that's going to specialize in augmented reality. And that's really how this whole thing came together. What happened to what we referred to in the 90s as, as virtual reality? It sort of uh, became, was a bit of a fad and then ran away really quickly for at least a decade and now it's back? Yeah, so I mean, virtual reality is not an it's not a new thing, you know. I mean, if you look if you look at Wikipedia and you look at virtual reality, you can see people that came up with it in nineteen fifties. You know, this is not a new thing, and there's been attempts at making this uh, at making this viable as a viable product, as a viable content for for you know since the nineteen fifties, and it's really it's really when it's really over the last two years that um, when the Oculus Rift came out that we were able to have a phenomenal hardware matched with uh, great content that was be able to produce by powerful computers that we have today. Owen Jones and Rick Rupata of Merchler Digital Agency are guests this evening on Today's Entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 724 and Josh this evening we're talking with Owen Jones and Rick Pupata of Merchler Digital Agency uh, a great example of uh, really being at the cutting edge in uh, in marketing and uh, this is a prime example of that and, and of course with that you know you, there's certain knowledge you have to have but there's no way that one person can have all this knowledge so so Owen you know you started this you had this idea you went through it but as you started Merchler did you take on other partners were there other people that were that you surrounded yourself with uh, I mean, ultimately, uh, Rick came onto the scene, but you know, maybe you can kind of describe the the people that you the teamed up for, or why you teamed up with some of these people. Ooh, that's a that's a fun that's a great question. <laughs> so, that's what we do here. <laughs> so, I mean, like the first skill set that I had um, that was able to to push the company forward was I come from the music industry, and in the music industry, everything was always no, 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 no. So when you're accustomed to hearing no all the time, you keep pushing and you keep pushing, keep pushing, and uh, that was. That was the really the right um, kind of frame of mind to real to be able to start something because at the beginning it's it's so difficult and um, being being in sales and being in the music industry um, I was able to go and you know find grants and find loans and be able to get this get the kind of the machine started but then 
um, you know, I, I can't code, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible coder. I'm not a good designer. I'm uh, as a general businessman, I am not the best, you know, so I got, I got people that were way better than me and who are competent at, at doing this. And then that's how, you know, um, you know, we got developers and designers and of course, um, Ricardo coming in and uh, George Levesque as well, of course, um, to be able to, you know, take the company to the next level. Was it tough to convince them that this was the next wave? Did you have to do a big dog and pony show or was it a pretty easy sell so to speak i don't want to speak uh, for you uh, ricardo Rick. was it was it when you came into the picture did i mean this was something that you absolutely believed in or did you need to really learn a lot more before you said you know what i'm i'm good i want to become you a know partner. I, when, once i started digging in to be honest it was it was more of a passive uh, investment at first um once i started digging in um i had exactly the same feelings as i did in 1999 and so the butterflies in my stomach um, as to what, um, where this market was going, how the industry was opening up, and again, being um, really at the beginning stages when the, when the web started and having to convince people this was real, we're at the exact same stage. And um, feeling that the tipping point's coming in the market with um, Apple is developing things in secret or not so secret anymore, mm -hmm. uh, Google making some pretty big announcements in the last two weeks with uh, new Android phones on how they're going to support um, the tipping point to me is coming, and so so to be able to be at the at the sort of really beginning stages again of of a, of a new industry is super exciting. So Alan's need to convince me was very very limited. Now that you know you mentioned the changes in the industry and certainly technology, as we alluded to uh, earlier in the program, technology has you know changed drastically, and certainly in in your domain in the last few years, what have been the the biggest changes you've seen, and what do you see that's still to come? I mean, I, that's a, that's that, again, that's another great question. <laughs> I mean, technology moves so quickly. Uh, I mean, you know, just internally, we, we send ourselves articles, you know, every couple of hours of like this new thing that's coming out, this new thing that's coming out. It's very, very it's, it's very difficult to keep up. So, you know, the phones are getting more powerful, the devices are getting more powerful, the machines are getting more powerful. And with that, you're able to create better content. And so... Yeah, I think, you know, using, let's say, the you used to need um, to spend a lot of money on, on hardware, let's say, to, to support the, the latest trend or to experience it. If you look at what uh, Samsung has done with their Gear VR, I mean, honestly, you take a device that costs $99 and you're getting 95% of the Oculus Rift experience and it's all coming off your phone. That's something that just didn't exist before. And, you know, to, to uh, Alan and, and to Merchlar's credit, bef before I came on, you know, we talk a lot about internally um, uh, experiences like museums and how Merchlar was able to develop an app where you would go to a museum. You didn't need to have headphones. You didn't use, have to use sort of the more archaic devices that the, that the museum will supply to you. You could take the most powerful tool that's already in your pocket, take it out, point it to an image or point it to a painting and have it come alive, right? It's an excellent example that, again, in terms of convincing me that I saw with Alan in a Jackson Pollock painting that just showed me where things are going. So we can't keep up. <laughs> we try to. It, things are moving so fast. The reality is whatever we tell you is a trend today in six months is going to change. I'm looking at some of the, um, I'm looking at some of the shots from the, the Grammy red carpet, and I see that, uh, that plain old photos are kind of almost becoming obsolete. Now we have the 360 photos of stars walking on the red carpet. I mean, are we getting to the point where since everything is digital, that even just a simple photograph would be almost obsolete at this point? I mean, it will in the sense that um, 
I think people are talking about being immersed into an experience, right? And so um, if you're on the red carpet, it's one thing to, to sort of look at it from the outside looking in, which is what most flat shots are, versus somebody taking a shot in the middle of that red carpet, turning around and seeing, you know, George Clooney is right behind you. I mean, it's the Grammy, so let's say Kanye West. Um, that changes your experience, and that changes the way that you feel that event is happening. So take an example like... Um, the parachutings. It's an unfortunate incident. But imagine somebody that on the ground taking a 360 shot of really what's going on around you. It will change your perspective. You're no longer passive. You're inside. And I think that's what's super interesting. And so when we look at where this technology is going, when you understand, and that's why, where I get excited, that it doesn't just apply to like the more simple uh, like tech use cases you think of when you think of it in terms of the art world the live entertainment space uh, tv reporting um frankly it's it's kind of overkill to say revolution but we're we're getting there owen jones and rick wapata of merchler digital agency uh, more with them in just a moment <laughs> For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.36 on Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar and FL Fuller Landau's Josh Miller with you. And Josh, off the top of the show, we're talking about some of the major industries uh, to uh, to find work in and uh, the major industries to uh, to be profitable coming up in the next few decades. And virtual reality was one of the eight listed by Inc.com. And uh, our guests this evening, Owen Jones and Rick Pupata of Merchler Digital Agency. And that's among the kind of uh, digital uh, work that they do, and um, it's it's pretty uh, fascinating stuff. As I see here on the red carpet, a lot of that technology being used tonight at the Grammys. It's it's very cool stuff. But you know, even before they get to the cool stuff, you still have to start your business. You still got to rent out. You still got to finance it. And, and I I know some of the uh, you know some some of the early financing for you guys was grants and applications and and outside. So maybe you can kind of tell us a little bit about that and kind of what you were looking for, what you found, was it useful, was it a waste of time? Maybe you can elaborate a little bit. Uh, well, over the span of 18 months, um, I, had, I had gotten access to this website and on the website I had written all the grants that were available mm -hmm. in, in Quebec, right? Some were loans, some were actually free money. And um, after I after written the business plan with my partner, Eric, at the time, uh, we started sending it out to you know grants, and then when eventually we got one grant at two thousand dollars, then we got another one at six thousand, and it was fifty thousand, then it was a hundred thousand, then it was a two hundred thousand, and over eighteen months we raised together one point two million dollars. So some of it, of course, some of it is loans, and mm -hmm. some of it is you know free money. So there is money out there for you if you have the right product. You know, and if you can show a compelling uh, MVP or minimal viable product. And d did you find it was a, it was, I mean, that was that's great money. So the amount of energy you put into it, I mean, it was far exceeded by the dollars you got out of it. Oof. Uh, there, it was a lot of work. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie, jo Josh. It was, it was, it was an enormous amount of work. Um, I mean, but worthwhile. I mean, you know, it, it, and you have to get your feet wet, right? Like you started sure. with the two and the six and you, you kind of build it up. So that's, uh. Uh, I think it's great. And those listen, those programs, while they're not always funded with dollars, they're still out there and there's still stuff that you can look for. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Do you still look for that stuff today or you're pretty much trucking along? 
no, we're we're <laughs> we're past that stage right now. It's just really S R and D tax credits for when we do uh, research and development. You know, we uh, at Merchler we we spend enormous amount of time on on research and development to always be at the cutting edge, always be at the fin point of of innovation because that's what our clients want from us. They they want you know they want us to to help them create a difference for their brand and separate themselves from their competitors, and that's what we do. You know, innovation, you use that word, and I think it's a, it's a great word, and certainly in, in your industry, how do you stay innovative, and how do, you, how do you get your team to constantly, you know, think outside the box and, and stay, stay ahead of the game? You know, I was having this conversation with, uh, with Ricardo uh, <laughs> two weeks ago, and, uh, you know, you said it better than I did, so please. Well, you know, the thing is, is that what you learn is everyone talks about innovation. It's a fantastic concept. It's a great buzzword. If you don't institutionalize it into what you do day to day, it just fails. And so one of the ways that I think is is very successful is just ensuring that either you set aside the time and everybody kind of says it, everybody tries to follow the the Google model of the 20%. But the 20%, um, it's sort of so nebulous as a concept that if you don't have structure to it, um, it fails. So let's say one example that we try to implement is we call our, 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 our... Friday R&Ds, Freaky Fridays. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of open and free to, to do what you want with one exception. Um, it, it has to be applicable back to the business, obviously. And so at the beginning of the day, the idea is let's sit down, brainstorm on what it is you're working for on, and it could be over a you know, three, four-week span. Um, but as long as, as there's a utility back to us, we don't mind. And so without that institu- institutionalization of the concept um, and you rely on people – uh, to sort of come up with things on their own. And, and frankly, most of our most inspiring ideas are never going to come in the office. I always talk about the the whole, uh, it's either in the shower, in a walk, and when you're drunk, that the greatest uh, greatest minds come up with the, with the greatest ideas. That's and a so, culture. That's a culture that you guys have developed and fostered over time. Yes. So, and, and actually creating that culture is difficult because getting people to get away from the fact that here's my task and this is what I have to do versus trying to really break the mold and reinvent the way we're going to tackle the same problem is actually very difficult. But when you're able to liberate people to think that way, over time, it starts to, to take hold. And I think we're we're starting to get there now. That's great. And I mean, you guys are a, a digital agency now. You're, so you're, you're creating a lot of great stuff, a lot of cool stuff for your, your customers. But you have to kind of also get your name out there and you still have to find these customers. What do you guys do for marketing for yourselves? Well, it's it's interesting because uh, Merchler is actually going to go through a, a rebranding very shortly. Um, so if we came here in four weeks, we'd have a completely different identity. Um, it's fascinating for me in, in the world that I came um, from how little agencies actually promote themselves. They do it for the clients, but they don't do it themselves. I think there are some really interesting things in terms of um, – how you uh, content marketing, thought leadership in the space, especially virtual reality, it's brand new. Um, I, I frankly was shocked at how little uh, sort of metrics and ROI focus there is in the industry. And so if you're able to start a dialogue where, let's say, companies start understanding how do you use it, it's not just gimmicky, mm-hmm. it's not just a new shiny object that everybody looks at, you could actually turn it into results and sales. Um, and you get those conversations going, people pay attention. And so uh, combined with a couple of really interesting projects we're working on that we think are going to be actually history. So there's two or three things we have um, sort of in our back pocket that um, I think are the largest projects in their space ever made will certainly get us the publicity. Uh, um, and I think, you know, not every startup can do that, of course, 
But if you can position yourself that you are making a little bit of history, um, you know, the press will follow. What, has there been something that's worked for you better than something else or some or an idea that you tried in, in marketing your own name and ideas that has flopped? Like, you know, is there is there something that, you know, a lesson you've learned along the way? You know, look, Alan, Alan always surprises me how successful he is in terms of his uh, speaking engagements. He's able to get on stage and maybe it's because of the fact that it's so relatively new that everyone's fascinated. You know, he just secured South by Southwest, you know. Um, you know, when I was working at, at uh, in, in my, my old job uh, for 10 years, we tried to get the kind of slot that Alan was able to get. And whether it's because of the industry or because of uh, his own charisma, um, anything related to talking about things that people get excited, that will always work. The things that don't, don't work quite as successfully are, you know, when, when you try to do the traditional route and talking to journalists and you have a story, I mean, people like success stories. Uh, they love to hear you after you kind of get there. And so the overnight success, it took you 10 years to be what you are today. When you get to that 10 year and you're there, then we'll hear about it. But talking about the struggles, unlike the show here today, mm-hmm. which is fascinating, um, very, very few media outlets uh, focus on. And so the struggle of the story is is hard to, to get across. And, and there's no question, you know, that with all the markets that are out there and your customer base that is 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 obviously not just local, why do you guys stay in Montreal? Why are you here? Well, look, I think, um, you know, we're sort of talking amongst uh, each other about the, the uh, all of these unknown startups in the city. There's There is a pool of talent here, whether it's because we have the four universities, um, whether it's because um, in, in many ways, uh, certainly in our space, on, on the tech side, the, the uh, 3D uh, effects side, um, you know, there, there has been a mini industry here built. Um, from my perspective, the fact that um, we now have revenue that could come to, uh, from the U.S. with Canadian costs, just the exchange rate itself, you're getting a, a competitive advantage. A big advantage. plus, no doubt. Big plus. I think the fact that we're in Montreal, we're a bit away from the noise. If we were based in San Francisco or New York, we would be chasing the, the latest shiny object. And so the level of distraction you have in those markets is much, much higher. Would you say Toronto as well? Toronto is starting to be that way, absolutely. So it, it wasn't like that before. And in some ways, Montreal was on par with Toronto in, in terms of um, our space. And now when I go to, to Toronto, it feels very reminiscent of, of San Francisco five years ago. Today's entrepreneur on CJAD 800 will join by Owen Jones and Rick Pupata of Merchler Digital Agency. We'll talk about HR in a moment with Micheline Mayette of uh, Fuller Landau uh, about hiring and retention. And we'll also have uh, these uh, gentlemen's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur on the way. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 749 on today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, Owen Jones and Rick Pupata of Merchler Digital Agency are with us this evening. And we also bring in Michelin Mayette, HR consultant at Fuller Landau. Welcome back, Michelin. Thank you, Dan. And Josh will talk about hiring and retention, something uh, very, very important, especially when you're on the cutting edge in, uh, in tech. No question. And, you know, there, there is a lot of talent in Montreal, but it is all kind of sucked up. I mean, I don't know how many people are really out there. So, you know, we'll talk in general terms a bit uh, with you, Michelin, first is what, what do you see from a, a, a hiring standpoint in Montreal? We'll come to retention in a moment, but let's start on the hiring front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely, there's no doubt that there's a lack of qualified workers, especially in the tech industry. I mean, it's a it's an industry that's growing like crazy. Uh, Montreal's ranked third in North America for the fastest growing tech industry. 
Um, you know, I've heard stats from different people that you know, ten there's tens of thousands, a hundred thousand programmers, uh, a shortage of a hundred thousand programmers missing in Montreal. So really, it's very you know, it's very cutthroat. People <laughs> need to go they're, fill they're, the positions they're all, they have. They're all building yeah. the Turcot. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so it's really a, a growth sector. And, you know, you hear in the news, all these different companies that are opening IT communications. But I keep asking myself, where are they going to find the staff to fill all these positions that they're creating? So do people tend to they go online? Like, where do you where do you see the, the bulk of the requests going to? Yeah, I mean, they're still online. But right now, people are getting scooped up right out of school. So it, it's, you know, it's beyond online you post an online ad right now for a programmer and maybe you'll get three or four cvs if you're if you're lucky so no it's very difficult um obviously bigger companies have that edge where their name is out there already so they'll have people maybe just you know already sending their cvs there so for small medium-sized business they really have to look and see how, what can they do to stand out and how can they get ahead when they're competing against uh, companies that are very well known already rick owen i mean you guys are in this space where there's i mean i would say practically zero unemployment uh where do you find your people well, it's uh, it's actually you're, you're absolutely right. It's it's very difficult um, right now to to find the right kind of tech talent. Inevitably, with zero percent unemployment, you're you're taking somebody that's in an existing position, and so you either have um, you know an incredible offer um, from from a monetary pr- perspective, or you're able to give them a chance in something that they've always wanted to do. And so, let's say in our space, we're kind of lucky. Everyone's talking about virtual reality or augmented reality, and so. When you when you have those initial conversations, um, selling them on the why of the business is uh, a little bit easier. Um, but you know it's it's not enough because ultimately you'll have somebody on the other side who knows how valuable those employees are. And it's the old adage in marketing, right? It's a lot easier to keep your existing customers mm-hmm. than going out and getting new ones. It applies to employees as well. So all of the the cool little perks that everybody hears about, you know, like the ping pong tables and the flexible uh, schedules and the free Coke and all of that stuff. In our space, Liqu- we have- liquid Coke. We liquid just want Coke, to yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yeah, no comment. But uh, yes, uh, you know those things are on offer. They're sort of par for the course, and without them, um, you really don't have a, a leg up. And so, culture becomes such a significant mm-hmm. uh, part of of what we do. And Michelin, certainly, when you're hiring and when you ultimately find that one candidate, they get to walk through the door. Then there's a whole set of interview techniques. Like, what questions do you ask? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you want, I think the most important thing is that once you do get the candidate coming in through the door, that the person who's interviewing is representing you well, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, you're the one who has to sell you. The candidate wants a job, but right now it's so competitive that really it's the company that has to sell themselves uh, to the candidate. So the candidate wants to go work there. So you want to make sure that, you know, the person is representing the culture properly and what the challenges are right now. For a small, medium-sized business, it's the best thing you could sell is how cool your technology is, what the challenges are uh, that they'll get in a small, medium-sized business versus maybe uh, having to wait to move up the ranks in a larger company. So that's definitely a perk for them. And then that certainly leads us into the retention. You know, you got them in the door, but now how do we keep them? So uh, when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit more on the retention side of matters. More with Michelin uh, HR specialist and Owen and Rick give their piece of advice for today's entrepreneur. That's next. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
We'll have the one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur for uh, from Owen Jones and Rick Bupada of Merchlore in just a moment. But first, Mishin Mayette talking uh, retention, especially in this very uh, competitive tech industry. And, and there's no doubt that that there's so many different things that can be done. Uh, is there any last comment you want to give on the hiring before we get to the retention, uh, Michelin? Well, maybe just... You know, the, your best recruiters are really your employees because they're the ones who know the company. And what better salesperson to get other people to come work for you for, than for them to go tell their friends how great it is to work for you and how exciting and how much how many challenges they have every day. So really, I think those are your best spokespeople. And I mean, you could do it informally. You could monetize it by giving uh, incentive bonuses, which will be far cheaper than paying a, a headhunter to go find somebody for you. And and they're super credible because they're your friends. So there's yeah. already a trust factor. Yep. So now let's 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 switch to the retention side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of what what do you see in that space? I think it's all about communication, one-on-one -on -one communication. I think we take it for granted, and especially with the new generation, communication is particularly important with them. So they like to know uh, what's going on in the company. They want to know uh, where they're going in the company also. So, um, you know, they want to know, okay, well, what am I going to be doing, you know, six months from now? It used to be like, what's your 10-year plan type of thing? There's no 10-year plan anymore. They just want to know, you know, what am I going to learn on this project? And what am I going to learn that's new on the next project and so on? So it's really about... Uh, developing their own skills and uh, and challenging work. And of course, if you have some cool stuff to offer to keep them around, uh, yeah, definitely. Uncertain, then, then that could <laughs> yeah. help too. Uh, I know, uh, and Rick, uh, you know, you you're experiencing. I'm sure you have a, a, a you have a great culture. You have a youthful group uh, and a couple of few things that you do to to retain them quickly before we get to our our one piece of advice. Um, yeah, I mean, and one of the things that we do is obviously encourage them to to break things. Right, we're we're in an industry where that's uh, encouraged, which basically means you know. You know the the famous challenging the the status quo. It allows um, our our staff to really have a liberty and a flexibility that if they do fail, um, will not necessarily cheer it, but certainly um, they they know that uh, they won't lose the job as a result. And I think when you're in an industry that where you're able to think that way and you're you're certainly encouraged by your superiors, I think it it inspires people. Um, another thing is actually that that inspiration piece. I think you know we spend a lot of time mentoring. And we realize that a lot of people have talent, and it's just if they have the right guidance, um, that talent comes out. And um, and so that's uh, definitely an important piece. So as we approach the, the last moment of the show, as we do every week, uh, we'll turn to you guys and, and ask you, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Iwan? So <clears throat> kind of piggybacking what, a little bit of what Rick was saying, for me, the three things are uh, mentors. You know, I mean, at the beginning of, of, of my uh, of my career, I was I was moving at snail speed, you know, and then I met this guy called uh, George Levesque. And, um, you know, he really mentored me. And, and I feel that I got uh, a university education in only a few months uh, under the guidance uh, of this man. And then the second thing is uh, is EO. It's, it's an entrepreneur organization group. And, and those guys, they really guided me into, you know, the right decisions to make and, and stuff like that. And then the third, of course, it's books, you know. It's like Warren Buffett says, you know, you can only learn from your mistakes, but it's a lot easier to learn from other people's mistakes. So, you know, read as many books as you, as you can from, Rockef you know, Rockefeller Habits to Double Double. That stuff is extremely important. Excellent. Rick, do you have a quick piece of advice for the Yeah, I'll speed, I'll speed through it. I talked a little bit about the why of your business, why that's important for you. It's important for your customers, important for your employees, ROI. And that doesn't mean just spending money. It's the blood, sweat, and tears. It's the return on um, all the resources that you have to make sure you're not wasting time on things. And a lot of businesses waste a lot of time on things that don't have a benefit. And the last one is, 
you know, when you start off, you're using a lot of brute force, eventually get elegant. And when you get elegant, you have process in place, things fly, you scale so quickly. Um, and it's the advice I give uh, most entrepreneurs. I think it's great. And Dan, my very quick takeaway is, and it came out subtly, but it came out a little bit now with Rick, is you got to measure. You got to measure to manage. And uh, you can't just fly by the seat of your pants all the time. Owen Jones and Rick Wupata of Merchler Digital Agency. Guys, thanks for dropping by. This is CJD. This Thank evening. you. Thanks to Micheline Mayette as well. Yeah, and Josh, back here next Monday night at 7 p.m. on Newstalk Radio, CJAD 800. The exchange is next. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.